Hello and welcome back to Nancy Goodame, the Space Ranger. This is chapter 13 and it describes events that took place on planet Jupiter. At roughly mid-afternoon on the first day of the first human crewed mission to Mars, European Space Agency mission specialist Nancy Goodame McGinley was trying to make her way downstream past a waterfall on Jupiter. The three foremost things on her mind were keeping a grip on the vines and curly tree branches that hugged the rock on the right side of the fall. The fact that there was a powerful and malevolent creature called a Tangagen in pursuit of her, and that someone had just spoken. Hey, come here to me. I'll swap you this Tom Gunnardi in the axe for your crossbow, came the voice. Its owner was partly concealed by the undergrowth, but looked to be humanoid, was wearing an orange boiler suit and a slightly demented grin. Quiet, not so loud, whispered Nancy. What are you doing hiding in the bushes halfway down the waterfall? The Tan Gagan is coming this way. I'm on reconnaissance, and the Tan Gagan doesn't scare me. It should scare you, muttered Nancy. She left her advice at that. Nancy was not in a mood or position to go through a full description of the arrival of the Tan Gagan, the death of Bridge Tantalium, or the possible outcome of a Tan Gagan and Hatchet Crossbow Exchange Opportunist encounter. She spotted a mossy patch at the base of the waterfall and jumped down into it. Why should it scare me? called the boiler-suited stranger. He grabbed one of the vines and swung neatly down onto a rock next to where Nancy was standing. They both had about 10 metres of large, smooth, water-worn boulders between them and where the stream was once more flanked by sand and shingle. I, I don't know. I'm not from round here. Go back there and ask it if you want, snapped Nancy. She was starting to think it might not be a bad thing to have the Tangagen delay its pursuit of her to eat or eviscerate the increasingly irritating boiler-suited stranger. Nancy slipped her crossbow into its holster and began using both arms and all of her balance to quickly leap through the rocks. Not a chance. Although that had killed two birds with the one stone, all right. From your point of view anyways, noted the stranger. Nancy reached the end of the boulders. She jumped onto the shingle bank and began running and moving quickly past the overhanging vegetation that flanked the stream. The stranger grabbed another vine, swung from it, cleared the water-worn boulders and landed running next to Nancy. What are birds? he asked. Huh? puffed Nancy. Nancy had most of her concentration on rapidly putting ground between herself and the tan gagan, but not all. Why do you want to know about birds? she asked. Ah, just... Just because I've never fully understood what that bird bush proverb means. Well, I mean, I know what it means and when to use it. It's just we don't have birds on Jupiter. I was wondering if they're like whistling spontaligers. Will you just shut up? I'm trying to get away from the Tan Gagan. Nancy could feel her limbs tiring. If you really want to get away from that creature, then all you need to do is climb a tree. It's a well-known fact that the Tan Gagan can't look up. Breach Tantalium never said anything about that. Ah, that old codger is mad as toast. I wouldn't hate her. She's dead. Well, that's a shame. The wizard Oblong's not gonna like that. Breach used to wash his jocks, you know. Yes, I know. She was a brave woman, puffed Nancy. Her arms, lungs and legs were burning from the exertion. She slowed to a trot and stopped. The stranger stopped next to her, scratched his chin and looked blankly at the tree canopy, and said, Where did you say you were from? I didn't, replied Nancy. She could sense evil closing in on her, 
Something in her told her that Tan Gagan had cleared the waterfall and was now close. We should hide, she said. Well, you know what they say. It's better to hide and hope things will be fine than taking a ride with a Spangordial vine, said the stranger. He grabbed a remarkably large vine with one hand and thrust it towards Nancy. Sorry, uh, they say that the other way round. I have it backwards. Anyways, just wrap this around yourself and hold tight. Nancy couldn't see the sense in the stranger's advice. But she was being chased by an evil entity on Jupiter at half past two on a Wednesday and was too exhausted to run any further. So she coiled the trailing stem around her waist. The stranger seemed to have read her thoughts. I'll tell you this much. You won't outrun the Tangagan. Your best bet is to get above it. Hold tight. The stranger ranged his axe above his head. Like they say, a bad plan is better than no plan. Nancy was about to say the words, Who says that? But didn't. She didn't have time. The stranger swung the axe at one end of the vine. It snapped and the section around her waist suddenly and rapidly recoiled to a large branch high in the tree canopy, bringing Nancy with it. The branch was about two metres wide and covered in a mossy growth. It took Nancy five seconds to untangle herself from the vine and become steady enough to lie face down on the branch and peer down the considerable distance to the ground. Where she could make out the path of the stream through the valley, the gully slash waterfall in the distance and an orange boiler suited Jupiterian wrapped in a vine and swing elevating at speed. The Jupiterian landed on the branch next to Nancy untangled himself from the vine and asked where are you from earth 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 repeated nancy never heard of it noted the stranger pleased to meet you anyway my name's gum golliger unterwackle but everybody calls me bip oh okay right i'm nancy said nancy we should be quiet the tangagan is close did you not hear me telling you that that thing can't look up You've been hanging around with that mad old hag Tantalium for too long. I had to keep repeating myself to her too. Though, truth be told, there was no talking or being listened to with that woman. Nancy felt a sudden surge of fear. It sharpened her focus on the ground below. She peered at the stream and saw the 18 thorned uncles of the Tanyagan splayed across the bank where she had just been standing. Sorry, I didn't mean to speak badly of Breach whispered the stranger slash gum gulger underwackle slash bip. After all, she did kill the devil. And if she hadn't done that, then none of us would be here. Well, maybe you. But in any case, she was brave. Just stone mad. Whisht, whisht Nancy. It was clear the Tangagan had heard them. What was also clear was that it couldn't figure out where they were. The creature darted forward, backwards, from side to side, and around in a big circle. Don't worry, Nancy. This always happens with the Tangagan. He'll get tired and bugger off eventually. Nancy didn't really have a point of reference for the getting tired of the Tangagan. She suspected that, despite his extreme skill with the tree canopy vines and an axe, Gumgulliger Unterwackel slash Bip was a bit of an idiot. And in spite of Bip slash Gumgulliger Unterwackel's reassurance, Nancy kept a silent, unbroken watch on the creature below. Now, if Nancy had been born and raised as a Jupiterian, and had been forced to hide out in the forest of parables, either by design or stupidity, then she would have realised what she could see below was the Tangagan extending its anterior feluntical and tracing the airbound Halobinac markers. The Tangagan becoming confused, the Tangagan becoming angry, 
which was pretty much its default emotion, and the Tangigan scuttling off downstream in the vain hope of finding and eviscerating some victims. Nancy paused for three minutes after the Tangagan moved out of sight, and then asked, What are you doing in this forest, Bip? I should be asking you that, he replied. What are you doing here? I'm on a mission to rescue European Space Agency Mission Commander Jerry Staunton, and two Martians known as Buddha and Flirt, and possibly the crew of San Laika too, from Sosman Borkstapel. Borkstapel, huh? Sosman Borkstapel. I take it you're not a fan? asked Bip slash Gum Golger Umblerwackle. Of Sosman? No, well, I barely know anything about him. I just want to rescue my friends and get back to Earth. Good, very good, because he's a bollocks. Now, the Sosniaks are a bunch of flutes, but Borkstapel is a bollocks, which is why I helped set up the Hobblegranicker Defence League. Well, I set up the HDL to try soften the cough of those muppets before they wreck the solar system. But him being a bollocks is sort of linked. Right, replied Nancy. She couldn't think of anything else to say. The fact that someone thought someone else who goes around kidnapping and causing grief was a bollocks stood to reason. However, the Hobblegranicker Defence League part of the stranger's statement was not something Nancy wanted to get into. And the way Bip had dropped in the fact that he helped set that organisation up suggested to Nancy that he was eager to go into a long explanation about what it was. Very good, she added. What's the best and easiest way to get down from here? In theory, her words should have cut short Bip's words or at least bypassed any Hobblegranicker Defence League reminiscing. In theory. The Hobblegranicker Defence League is the reason I've had to hide out in this forest, replied Bip. Right, that's nice, said Nancy. Anyway, the stream below told me my friends were hiding out in a Zoggledong bush about three quarter of a mile upstream. Is there a way of swinging back there on the vines? The stream told you that? Well, it must be true. The stream never lies. Anyway, the Hobblegranicker Defence League began with a meeting. Six Jupiterians attended. But one of those six betrayed us. Uh-huh, said Nancy. She looked around to see how she might descend from the branch. The branches of the surrounding trees were close and intertwined, but to move through them would be slow, dangerous and awkward. Could one of those vines uh, swing back there? she asked. Bip absent-mindedly selected a vine and began testing its strength by pulling and yanking. He continued speaking as he worked. That lad who betrayed us went on to great things in the ranks of the Sosniaks, and the rest of us had to flee to the one place nobody would chase us. Here. The forest of Proverbs? Here. Wrap this around you. Same as the last time. Nancy had barely finished looping the vine around her waist when Bip swung the axe. The next 2.76 seconds were a blur of vegetation. After that, she found herself gently dropping to the right bank of the stream and recognising a bend in the river. A pair of European Space Agency Mars Mission EVA boots placed next to a rock. The rock had a pair of European Space Agency Mars Mission thermal socks drying on it. Next to the rock was European Space Agency Mission Specialist Bart McMurrow, staring at his feet, which were standing in the water. And next to him was the Martian waitress slash astronaut Martina Rundlespitch. The Jupiterian known as Gumgolger Underwackle slash Bip swung from a vine onto the shingle bank next to her, which caused Bart to look over. He looked surprised and lost for words. What are you doing, Bart? 
asked Nancy. Bart looked to Nancy, then to Bip, and finally to his feet. Cooling my feet, he said. Uh, yours must be boiling too. Non-breathable silicon rubber and wire mesh might work great in theory, but the reality of space exploration calls for sandals. I'll tell you something. I'm going looking for a shoe shop the minute we get to Sosman City. Hobble a Granaker, corrected Martina. Exactly right, agreed Bip. Where are Chuz and the Sheriff? Oh, they went back upstream looking for ye. I tried to tell them that the best plan would be to stay put and you find your way back, but the Sheriff said the gut had told him to lead a search party. The gut works in mysterious ways, added Martina. There's mysterious and there's plain stupid. Wait till you hear this, Nancy. The Sheriff reckoned the best plan would be to head back upstream in the direction we just came because Sosman Borkstapel wouldn't expect us to do that. Bart rolled his eyes in disgust, picked up one of the ESA thermal socks from the rock it had been drying on, wrung it out, and put it on before continuing. I tell you, that sheriff is daft as a brush. Sosman, who isn't expecting us, is supposed to be confused by us heading in the opposite direction of where we want to get, according to a magical entity called the Gut, and Chuz believed him. I believe him too, interrupted Martina. Then why didn't you go with them, Martina? asked Nancy. Because I thought it was a bad idea. I suppose you could say I had my doubts. But the gut works in mysterious ways. And maybe I was supposed to have doubts and think it was a bad idea. So I stayed put to be on the safe side. How did you avoid the Tangagan, Nancy? What we did was hide in that bush over there and the creature scuttled right by on its way downstream. The Tangagan can't look up, said Nancy. Nancy turned to Bip and gestured at Bart and Martina. Sorry, Bip. This is European Space Agency mission specialist Bart McMurrow, and this is Martian astronaut Martina Ruddlespitch. Eh, uh, this is Bip. He's the founder of the Hoblegranaker Defence League. Well, it's now called the Continuity Hoblegranaker Defence League. I split with the others, said Bip. And the two of you are right not to head back up the stream. If you're planning to get the Hobbler Granaker, because that's the wrong direction. How could your friends not realise that? He came from upstream. Ah, the sheriff's a dope. If it wasn't for the fact that he's a vessel for authority, nobody would pay a blind bit of notice of him, noted Martina. What authority? asked Bip. Well, Martian law for a start, and now the authority of the creator of the universe. At least since his afternoon, when the gut started talking to him. He speaks with the gut? Incredible. That mad old Betty Tantalium was the only other person I know to have heard the gut. It's a pity that fella and his buddy will be dead soon. What is your friend on about, Nancy? asked Bart. I don't know, Bart, replied Nancy, and paused for a second. What do you mean, Bip? I mean that if they don't have the sense to get clear of Polonyas Valley before the sun goes down, then they'll be eaten, or eviscerated, and then eaten. Eaten by what? Ah, the marmstickles. Bip paused to briefly look upstream and agree with himself. Yep, anyone stupid enough to go wandering up the stream in the direction they came from deserves to be eaten. He then gave a quick cough and agreed with himself a second time. Yep, as sure as night follows day, they'll be eaten alive, and if it's not the marmstickles that get them, then it'll be the chug flankers. Bip nodded sagely and uttered a third self-agreement. Yep, eaten by marmstickles. Bip then turned to stare worriedly at Nancy, Bart and Martina. 
Actually, we better get going. It'll be dark soon, he said. Going where? asked Nancy. What do you mean dark soon? It's only late afternoon, asked Bart. Bart was confused by the word marmsticles, but the associated eaten alive words put a nervous tone into his question and inspired him to rapidly put on his second ESA issue thermal sock and both ESA boots. Going up and away from harm, Nancy. And late afternoon is twilight on Jupiter mission specialist Bart McMurrow. So it's too late to warn your friend the sheriff and what was the other lad called? Chuz, replied Nancy. Chuz? That's a Jupiterian name. Is he anything to Chuz Rontelplex? He is Chuz Rontelplex, said Bart. Chuz Rontelplex? Chuz Rontelplex, the famous immigration official? Uh, I, I suppose so. Good, very good. With a bit of luck, we might be able to hear his death screams, nodded Bip. How is that good? asked Nancy. Will you not listen to what I said when we hit above the Tangagan, Nancy? Uh, I, a bit. Could you remind me? Bip looked insulted, or at least raised his eyebrows and rolled his eyes, which was most probably a Jupiterian demonstration of insult. The man who betrayed the Hobble Granicker Defence League went on to great things in the ranks of the Sosniaks. Right, said Nancy. And, um, what's that got to do with Chos Rontelplex? I told you, Chos Rontelplex betrayed the Hobble Granicker Defence League and was rewarded with his own spaceport to mind, which is the highest honour you can bestow on an immigration official. You never said that, said Nancy. Well, I meant to, snapped Bart. And it's the thought that counts. Now, we better get at high ground before sunset. For you know what they say, the night is your enemy around here. Who says that? asked Martina. It's a proverb. Everybody says it, especially around here. Everyone grab themselves a spongorial vine and make sure it's a little bit crusty, but not too bad. I'll cut the tethering ends and launch us into the tree. Bip got three blank expressions from Martina, Bart and Nancy in return for his unclear instruction. Grab a spongorial vine. Nancy, you must know what I mean. You just did it twice and hurry up. You know what they say. Those who do not master time will have time as their master. Bip nearly got a continuation of three blank expressions in return for his proverb. Nancy was the exception. Uh, Bart, Martina, grab a vine and wrap it around your waist, she said. Not just any vine, a spongordial one, like this one. Bip handed a vine to Nancy, who wrapped it around her waist. He then handed a second vine to Bart, who did the same, and a third one to Martina, who also did the same. Right said Bip. You know what they say? A cut to the vine saves climbing time. I'm guessing you say that on Saturn too. Mars, said Martina. Earth, said Nancy. Nobody says that, said Bart. The reason why it was not a human proverb soon became apparent to Bart. Bip rapidly and skillfully sliced all three vines and Bart was whipped from the ground and onto a high wide branch in the tree canopy from a surprisingly accurate and comfortable recoil of the vine. Martina and Nancy were already on the branch when he landed. Bip joined them moments later. Right, announced Bip. Time for a kip. We'll probably be woken later by the sound of your friends screaming, so the best bet is to sleep when we can. Make sure you lie perpendicular to the edge of the branch. You won't want to roll off while asleep. There's many a member of the Hobble Granicker Defence League that made that mistake. And so it was for the beginning of twilight on the first day of the first human crewed mission to Mars slash Jupiter. A Martian sheriff 
with divine inspiration, a Jupiterian immigration official with belief in the divine inspiration, both of whom were wandering upstream on a mission that carried with it the strong possibility of marmstical ingestion. A very wide and comfortable moss-covered tree branch, the founding member of the continuity Hobbler-Granaker Defence League, a Martian waitress slash astronaut, ESA mission specialist Nancy Goodaim McGinley, ESA mission specialist Bart McMorrow, a Tomagodian axe, and a crossbow. Right, that was chapter 13, chapter 14 next week.